the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. Welcome to a special edition of the Working Fans Podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1, written by Vinny Barry, as well as Lance by Chance, available at WrestleVille.com, Super Vows, and Potted, written by Kevin Kelton, available on Amazon.com. If you want to catch some of our pro wrestling commentary that me and Dave are the voice for, New Heights Wrestling on YouTube. And it is Father's Day, and we wanted to bring in a guy we talked to about a year ago for our last Father's Day episode, 
the mighty Chris Zauha. How are you doing today? Oh, fantastic. Today's a wonderful day. It's about 85 degrees out here in uh, Lake in the Hills, Illinois. So it's a pretty, uh, it's a little hot for me, but it's not too bad. It's not too bad. It was 100 yesterday, or day before, it was 104 or something. So this is Oh, wow. Now, the last (laughs) time we had had you on, you had just recently lost your dad, and we're about a year out now. Yeah. What what do you think you've learned in that last year? Because I find the first year without your dad around is kind of a mindfuck. Yep. Even if you're an adult, you're like, God, I wasn't ready for this. Like, this is real life now. There's no person to go ask an opinion for so how has it been for you uh so the first so right after he died um like that day i was like am i even gonna go back to work like ever because i just didn't like like and he wasn't somebody that i ever went to for like advice because we didn't have that type of relationship and he Hmm. wasn't really the advice giving (laughs) kind of father um but him being there was my that was enough. So like when it first happened, I'm like, I don't even, what do I do? I don't even know what, where do I go from here? How do I, how do I carry without sounding cheesy? Like, how do I carry on? Like, what the, what the fuck do I do? Um, it took time, like months and months and months to, to where it got to the point where it's like, okay, I can, I mean, he's, he's gone and that's it. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. it sucks. Um, you know, my mom died, like, now 19 years ago so it's like i was like 47 when my dad died i'm like shit i'm 47 and i'm an orphan which obviously there's people that are orphaned a lot sooner than 47 but when it first happens you're like oh my god i don't have a mom and dad you know what i mean so um now i'm fine like i'm i'm not i'm not fine but i'm fine you know what i mean i just this is just how it is so i just go on without him so yeah i think i know what you mean like you're you're as good as it's gonna be you would call it fine but you're not it's not like they're there right and you know it helped that you know bryson came to live with us like right like a month before Mm -hmm. my dad died so it was like not like it was like it was like it was like a trade it was like we traded in uh you know dennis Connery for stan lane you know what i mean the exact same thing that was another thing I was going to ask is how are the kids handling it? Cause Bryson was probably so young that it's like that. It's just like, uh, not even a noticing it thing. Maybe. Yeah. He, right. I mean, they, they met, you know, I'm like, here, yeah, this is, you know, your grandfather and Bryson, he was like not even two at the time. So he's just like, Bleh. and hmm. my dad was, my dad was really sick at the time. So he was also like, so it's like <laughs> you know, there's really no connection there. Um, my kids, my, older kids they're kind of they remember my dad more for being like the weird old guy that like you know says inappropriate stuff they don't and i have to tell them i'm like you guys don't remember when you were really really small and he was watching you you know you know you only remember this goofball that can't see anything and like you know i i one day i left um i left wwe network on all day for my while i went and did a errands and i come home he's like hey hogan won the belt and i'm like yeah, that he, it's like 20 years ago, Dad. He's like, oh, I don't know. So that, that, he thought he was making hilarious. another comeback. He was like, I'm he's like, yeah, he's a, uh, he's like, he's like, he's like Hogan's champ again. I'm like, no, that was like 1999, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, no, but that's that's how they kind of remember him. Um, I know, like, like two days before he died, we like went down there, my the two kids and I, and um, 
you know, because you always want to be like, oh, say goodbye. It's like, it's so friggin' like cliche, but it's like, well, we should, it's probably something you should do. So I, I, I told this story last year. I just pretend I didn't. So um, River's crying, and I'm obviously, you know, I think I was holding it together okay, but River's crying. Aiden's not crying at all because that's Aiden. And they um, they go to walk out, and Aiden just turns to my dad and goes, bye. <laughs> and not to be just an asshole, but that's just how Aiden, he's so much like me. She's like, bye, and like, what? <laughs> Out. It's like I can't even get mad. It's hilarious, but that's that's how the Zalhas cope with things in really strange ways. So I'm like, okay. So and I, it's I, a re- yeah. oh, I'm sorry to no, cut no, you off, but it's a no, really no, awkward situation to have to do because, like, yeah. I mean, I did it even though my dad wasn't like necessarily conscious, right? But I was like, I'm gonna regret not having this moment. Sure, absolutely. You know, and I'm like, not gonna look yep. back at it like that. Yep. Like two nights before, I think it was two nights before he died. I like went downstairs in the basement and he's like, you know, he out of it because I was on morphine. So I kept, you know, I was given a morphine every four hours. Um, I think I was supposed to, <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> I'm, um, I like, I like got like right next to him and I whispered in his ear. I'm like, I've always been proud to call you my father, which we, I would never have said that to him if he was awake. Cause he'd be like, shut up. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's like, okay, well, this is how I, you know, I, I said it. Because if I hadn't said it, I was right. like, shit, I should have just said that. I mean, fucking why not, you know? I had a lot of moments like that, like towards the end of my parents' like life. My, I lost my mom a few months ago, actually, since we last talked. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Dave. Yeah. Jesus it's Christ. okay. Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking of this interview. I'm like, this just gets more and more morbid every year. But You're, you're a walking tragedy. Yeah. Like, like, He's said, an orphan now. You said is orphan like, seven. Yeah. Yeah. 45. So it's like yeah. right there. Yeah. But is your is your last name Von Eric by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> I still got the brothers, man. I've got the brother and the sister. They're going. You're fine then. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. And it's I was just gonna ask you though, like for me, I lost my dad 10 years ago. Yeah. And um, it was interesting. I cried more, I think, because it was the first time I ever lost anybody at all. Yeah, but like the mom thing is different. Like the mom, like I'll just start. I'm fine. I'm gonna get through this. I'll just be driving in the truck. Ah, you know, I'm like ah, fuck it, you know. Yeah, yeah. With with, with my mom, like with, again, she died in '03. Yeah. Um, there was like I had like a lot of like resentment toward my mom at that time and for a long time, because um, she would tend to treat me. Um, I don't want to say poorly because she, in hindsight, she really didn't, but she would be kind of like a douchebag to me, uh, mostly because she didn't like my wife at the time, but she uh, would take it out on me. Um, I thought when she, um, when my dad was getting really sick and like when he ended, when he ended up dying, I'm like, you know what? My, this is no exaggeration. Anything I ever asked for as a kid up until I was like 17. Anything I asked for, I got it. Like if I said, like, hey, can you give me a Nintendo? It's like I get, like any video game system, my mother would get it, no matter what the fuck it was. The only time I didn't get the Christmas present I wanted was when I asked for like this two hundred dollar robot. <laughs> my mom's like, all right, I gotta fucking draw a line somewhere. But I, I was always getting shit. She always took care of us, you know what I mean? So it's like so maybe she wasn't like the most like nurturing, for lack of a better term, but she showed her love and appreciation in other ways. So at the, when my dad was getting sick, I'm like, you know what? Mom was fine. I'm, I'm the one that's got problems. She did 
what she thought she had to do. So she's okay. So to answer your question in a roundabout way, at the time she died, I cried like one time and that was it. And then yeah. I was over it. And then when my dad was starting to get sick, I'm like, man. And then like when I see myself, like if I look, there was a picture we took a couple yeah. weeks ago when we were at FanFest of Shannon, the kids and myself. And my, I looked at it. I'm like, I wonder what my mom would think of like, you know, right where, where I'm at. You know what? I, what it, would she not so much? Would she be proud of me? Because I I don't get hung up on stuff like that. Um, but but would she be proud of me? You know what I mean? Like it was like what yeah. what would her opinion of me be today? Yeah. That's the I kind mean, of stuff I'd like to know. I thought it was a kind of powerful photo when you've got like Bryson sleeping on your shoulder and you're yeah. sitting there taking pictures with wrestlers and <laughs> it, it looks less like um. I don't know, like a parent that's distracted, but more like somebody that's like, hey, look, I got to do the parent stuff, but I'm still here to be in this moment. Right. Yeah. So, so none of my kids like wrestling. None of them like wrestling. And Bryce is only two and he doesn't really have an opinion of it one way or the other. I'm sure he won't like it either. Um, but we went into the um, fan fest room or whatever. And he was, the minute we walked in, he was like whining. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I took him, we just like went around, walked around. So then we go back and he starts whining again. I'm like, listen, we just got to get through this real quick. Cause I still wanted to meet Glacier, right? So I'm like, <laughs> Give me the Glacier, JJ Dillon, and then we'll go get fries. Can you, yeah, can you hang on, just hold on to me, Glacier? And uh, so we go up and I, he, at this point, Bryson is just falling asleep. So I'm just holding him there. And I go to meet Glacier, who was very, very, very nice and very accommodating and still looked in great shape and uh i'm like hey man you're awesome and because i did like him in wcw like i knew he wasn't gonna like fucking beat hogan but it's like i felt i felt at that point especially that 97 98 roster jesus fucking christ even 99 there were they had fucking everybody you know can can i swear i'm sorry do i need to swear okay um and he fit his part on the card perfectly so i saw him like like man you're really good he's like oh thanks and then we get our picture taken i'm like dude your character on the n64 game was awesome <laughs> <laughs> and he's like and then he started telling a story about like royalties he got from that video game it's like wow you would you would never have time to learn that kind of stuff if you're at like a big like star cast and that's sure. i've been a star cast so i'm not blasting the concept but you don't have time to sit there and like, well, hey, remember, you know, yeah. fucking uh, Glacier talked to me for like three minutes. I'm like, this, this is fucking awesome. For like now, a, you've a, been like to multiple of those fan fests but at this, this point, my, right? My, my, my second one, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And how are they as an experience? Because I hear yeah. Barry Rose talk about them a lot. I believe I've seen Bob Cook post about them. They're fantastic. They're they, The first one I went to was last November, and uh, they had – uh, Jerry Jarrett was there. Rock, I think Rock Roll Express were like the headliners. The Rock Roll Express were there. Um, the Grappler. Uh, shit, I don't remember who, who who else was there. There are a few other guys there, and uh, it was by far in my now what years is 2022. Yeah. My 43 years of watching pro wrestling. It was the best experience I've ever had because you actually get to sit there and like talk to guys and stuff. And you meet other fans that are like close in age. And even the people that are younger or older, like they talk about guys that I only heard my dad talk about. Yeah. And now I'm hearing people talk about from like a first, first-hand basis. Like, oh, I saw fucking, you know, Bob Roop against Steve Kern or whatever it might be. And it's like, wow, this is fucking awesome. And like I tell my 
stories. Not that I have many, but I'm like, oh, I grew up on the AWA. Like, oh, AWA, because they, you know, not everybody watches all that stuff. Right. So it was, it was this fan, this last fan fest was a little bit better, only because they had demolition. Um, but as far as just like my overall experience, the first one I went to was fucking incredible. It was awesome. I anybody that can go, I cheap plug anybody that can go to CWF Legends Fan Fest, please do so because it is it's it's really like you know it's intimate, not 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 intimate. Mm-hmm. Glacier and I didn't have that kind of conversation. <laughs> um, it was children but, there, <laughs> exactly. But you you know you really get a chance to really like you know have a conversation with these guys and that's like we're like waiting in line for Graceler for glacier this guy harold i won't say his last name because he's a very nice guy he's a friend of mine he's talking to glacier for like 10 minutes i'm like well, you fucking move in with the guy jesus christ can i just get a picture my <laughs> <laughs> god but no fan fest is great anytime you know anytime you could if you have a chance to go meet like your favorite wrestler even if it's at a big fat convention take advantage of it because you don't know that that might not be your that might be your last opportunity to just shake their hand and say, Hey man, thanks a lot. I was actually at the big time wrestling event last weekend that had FTR managed by Bret Hart. And that's huge. That's awesome. The event started 15 minutes late because Bret had a pretty good line, but FTRs went around the building and they took a decent amount of time with each person. Like my buddy Scott from Voluntown got in line and yeah. he said you could tell that they were taking their time to make it an experience. They sang yeah. happy birthday to one guy. They got the whole arena to do it. That's amazing. That's awesome. And that's those are um really cool moments that you could be like, hey man, like here here's my cool moment because it ties into that kind of sort of. So in March, we went to Chillicothe, Ohio. And it'll be my last time going to Chillicothe, Ohio, because they were having some big like wrestling event thing. And Nash was going to be there. And so is Steamboat and Tully Blanchard. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go meet. Because I was really going to meet Tully, but Nash would have been cool too. So we walk in, me and Mark Hurtweck, we walk in. He stops and he talks to, tries to make conversation with Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan's just like, eh, ah, da, 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 you know, uh, Vasity Club. And he just walks away. So <laughs> we're in this long ass line. We don't even know what we're in line for. You're hoping it's like, Kevin Nash, but we assume so. Bagwell. Be, yeah, exactly. He would okay. Let quick buff, quick buff Bagwell uh, segue. Um, we saw him there, and he had trouble even standing up. I felt really bad. I was not oh. a fan of his, like as like in the day. I didn't hate him. I just didn't think he was that great. But he yeah. saw us later in the hallway. He's like, "Hey guys," I'm like, "Hi." So he was in uh, that point two seconds. Buff Bagwell is fucking cool as shit to me. So he's fine by me. So mm-hmm. we're waiting in line. And it turns out it's Nash's line. And I'm like, the fuck is taking so long? There's not that many people in line. He's talking to everybody for like two or three minutes. And yeah. we go up there and I'm like, you know, I, can you sign this diesel picture? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, you did a cameo for my dad last year. And he immediately like looks up at me and like makes eye contact. I'm like, you know, he, he died after that, but I, I appreciate you doing that. I mean, I paid him for it, but I mean, yeah. you know, he could have, he could have, done a shitty job he actually did a nice job i'm like I, I i really appreciate it. i know it meant a lot to my dad too he's like i'm real sorry for your loss i'm like oh thanks and i'm like fuck kevin nash is fucking awesome so then he like <laughs> he talked to me and mark for literally like four or five minutes and oh. i'm thinking i'm thinking dude i'm trying to go meet telling Fletcher. can you <laughs> wrap this up but but he went for all the shit people give kevin nash what he did be backstage or whatever mm. i never had to work with him so i don't care 
He was as far I based it how he treats people like in public. Yeah. And he was very cool to me. He and he said to Mark and I, he's like, I've been I mean he's exaggerating a little bit. He's like, you know, for the past 30 years, I go to a hotel to the arena and back to the hotel. He's like, I haven't talked to anybody. So now I actually have a chance to talk to people for more than like 10 seconds at a time. And I'm like, well, that's really fucking admirable. And then like two days later, Scott Hall died. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't I didn't know Scott Hall had any problems. Um, I knew he had problems, but I didn't know he had, I didn't know he was sick or, or God forbid that he fell. So like, we were like on our way home and I saw on Twitter that Scott Hall was in bad shape. I'm like, man, I'm not fucking ready for this because Scott, Scott, Razor Ramon was fucking awesome. Dude. And he was fucking, uh, he was my, if he's not my favorite IC champion of all time, he's top two or three. I loved Razor. He was so good. And Scott Hall, obviously he was amazing in WCW, but as far as like, in-ring like performance i prefer the um razor ramon uh era but yeah he was great um razor ramon was actually my mom's favorite wrestler we would know when he died is when she went in the hospital and then she passed away 10 days later oh shit yeah the connection crazy crazy yeah and uh so like i was getting pretty choked up about scott hall because i was like Ah, uh, fuck. You know, I don't want to. And my girlfriend, who I actually met a little before last year, we started talking, and yeah. um, he's got five kids. I'm getting used to that. That's another fucking story. But um, God damn, pal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't have any kids in my life. Now I got five. We can talk about that whininess. But anyway, <laughs> that's great. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, but uh, I know my girlfriend was like, "Oh man," and she's like, "She doesn't watch wrestling, but she knew." Like I was talking about, she's like. You should play some Razor Ramon music with her. I'm like, you're gonna break me. Like, I can't. Like, you don't know how like bad this make me. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. She was try it. And it, it just yeah. But so yeah, that connection between like wrestling and real life, it's yeah. fucking crazy sometimes. Oh, absolutely, and 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 a lot of times in a good way because it usually yeah. just brings back good memories. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, because my my dad loved the Steiners and Goldberg and. Um, and the funny thing, and he loved Nash, which is hilarious because my dad was like, you know, Red Bastine, Nick Bockwinkle, Bergani, sure. guys like that, which would realistically, you would think Kevin Nash is right. the polar opposite because he didn't care about the business and that, and that, uh, which is bullshit or whatever. Um, my dad fucking loved Nash. I don't even know why. I mean, Nash was great, but I, there's something like my dad, not a big Flair fan, not a big Hogan fan, loved Nash, loved the Steiners. Um, the fuck else did he like? Uh, he loved Roman. The lat his last favorite wrestler of like the current crop of talent was Kevin Owens. He loved Kevin Owens. Yeah, and maybe because Kevin Owens is kind of a throwback to those olden days of the '60s and '70s. You know, more like rough, rugged type wrestler guy. It's almost Ooh. interesting to see which newer wrestler personalities that he would cling to being such a fan of the older generation. Now, how excited exactly. are you for Kevin Nash's upcoming podcast? I, You know what? I've seen so many Kevin Nash shoot interviews that if if he just does his normal, you know, tell the story about how, uh, you know, 10 dates for $150 a shot and da, 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 like the normal fucking Kevin Nash shtick. It's like, eh, I could do without it. I'll probably give it a try. It's just there's so, dude, there's so many wrestling podcasts. I hope he leans into the lapsed fan thing of talking about, like, the airports and the, like, the restaurants near it and the the hotels that they always bring (laughs) up. He talks about, like, being the the hardest. At the La Quinta and stuff, yeah, he... (laughs) 
he's I Nash is fucking great. I just I I I found that even if you're a great wrestler or even a great talker, that it doesn't necessarily translate to a great podcaster. Um, like when the Arn show first came out, I'm like, fuck yeah, here we go. Arn Anderson podcast. And yeah. I listened to a couple episodes. I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm gonna not listen to this ever again. <laughs> And it's not necessarily anything that he's doing wrong. I feel like sometimes with Arn Anderson, um, I'm not sure how to explain this. I feel like sometimes he feels like everything he says is taken as gospel. So it just, I don't know. It seems like a lot of his answers are like overthought out. Like if I said like, hey, Arn, you know, what's your favorite pizza? And then he'll tell me a story about how sausage was invented. I'm like, dude. I just need to order fucking pizza here. Uh, that's kind of the impression I get from Arn Anderson. I could very well be wrong, but that's the impression I get. Sometimes with podcasts, it's a different thing because it's a different animal than talking. Oh, yeah. sure. It's a different animal than talking in real life because there's times people at work could ask me questions about wrestling and I'll mm-hmm. stumble through it or I'll be like, ah, how do I explain it to you? But then you get on a podcast and I'm like, yeah. oh, I just did 40 minutes on it without even thinking. Exactly. And sometimes like, like if you're on a podcast, like if you're appearing, you want to like it, it for me, you want to try to be like funny or entertaining. Um, but you don't want to try too hard to be funny and entertaining because then you usually end up not being very funny and entertaining. So you kind of have to like in my very few podcast appearances over the years. Um, I try to just act like I would normally act instead of being like Chris oh, sure. podcast guest guy. So. That's why, luckily, in my real life, I'm always trying to get jokes in any, anyways. So if it happens right. on a podcast, I'm just doing my thing. Like even better, yeah, exactly. Usually, I'm trying to drop the most fucked up joke as possible. So well, you need well, it needs to be done. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, the <laughs> stuff I say at work. Um, we have a new assistant manager. She's a very, very nice girl. She's been kind of like shadowing me, even though she's probably better than I am. And um, like, I'll say something to somebody, and she's like, "How the." fuck do you have a job i'm like listen i can do anything i'm like fucking teflon here <laughs> i wanted I've been to in ask my... you about the grocery business because i've been out of it for a year how is it i was gonna ask you so what are you what, what are you doing now or can you not talk about that i build i work in a beer warehouse and i build pallets okay. so now when i see your pallets spill over oh, i'm God. like oh you don't have a solid eight block hey, built there. before we get into <laughs> a quick story today i was delivering bread to one of my walmarts and uh, one of the guys was letting me out because uh, the receiver was on lunch and we're cool and stuff and as we're going back there there's an alarm just going off and off and i'm like what's one's that it's like fire door and i just thought God, I'm glad I'm not fucking doing this right now. Like I just yeah, had to no like alarms going off, you couldn't control charge machine mm-hmm. down. And I'm like, yeah, I don't miss this right now. <laughs> yep, I I understand. Uh, grocery business, uh, it's fine. You know, uh, COVID is kind of um, it's not over because I just fucking had it a month ago. But that's another mm. story for another time. Um, but uh, it's fine. I I've been in retail for uh, it'll be 31 years next month. So, I mean, I, nothing ever gets to me. Like if I get, if anything ever affects me at work, it's just stuff that I need to get done for my upper management or upper, upper management. Like customers yell at me all, I shouldn't say they yell at me all the time because they don't. But when they do, I'm just like, okay, I don't care. Um, in a nice way. Cause it's like, I, again, I always, I put myself in the customer's shoes. I don't know what kind of day they had. Maybe their cat died before they fucking walked in the door. So if they want to come in and yell at me, I don't give a shit. My pay's still the same. I'll be fine. I don't care. 
So the grocery business, as always, is just fabulous. See, that's one thing. That's my long answer. (laughs) I think getting out of retail, I realized how not made for retail I was. Like, I did it for enough years, and I probably could do it in my sleep. But somebody yells at me, motherfucker, I get off at 3.30. If you want to continue this then. Or, like, sometimes (laughs) it wouldn't even be then. Like, you want to raise your voice to me? I don't care if I get paid. Like, I'll give it back. And now that I'm out of it, I'm like, I'm so much happier. Like, even the worst days that there's a new job, it's like, it's not like at the grocery store. Like, I could celebrate holidays again. Yeah, it's nice. It's not with retail. It's not. It's a different world. You live in an alternate. You live in an alternate universe that no one understands unless you're there for a long time. Um, We just had an assistant manager came from the restaurant business. He was great, but he quit. He's like, fuck, I can't do this shit. He did it for a few months. He's like, no, I can't handle this because it's not for everybody, especially retail when you have trouble like with staffing and stuff and you tend to like turn a blind eye to a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally turn a blind eye to, whether it's people coming in late or doing doing fucking knucklehead stuff. You accept it because you're like, well, I can't find anybody else. So we just we try to work our best around it that would never be exp- accepted anywhere else except retail because <laughs> you can't fucking find help to save your life it's a completely you're like i said you're in an alternate fucking universe that no one understands until you get there and then even then you don't quite understand that used to I be the either. most frustrating thing <laughs> yeah. is making things work with no help and people telling yeah, you sure. to figure it out and it's like why the fuck do Absolutely. i gotta figure it out you run yeah. the company it used to Absolutely. be no call, no show was like one of the things you could never do. But even that yeah. now, you can get a couple. Like that's the way out. They're like, ah, Absolutely. Damn, Absolutely. Not, no, you're gonna not show up for three days. Like what? <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's it's one hundred percent true. Because it's just it's it doesn't pay enough. Or it does I mean nothing ever pays enough, let's be honest. But it doesn't pay right. enough. Um, you know, it depends on what kind of neighborhood you live in. Maybe the kids don't have to work. Mm-hmm. So they don't. Like when I worked in Park Ridge, not the where you guys know where the fuck that is, but Park Ridge is a really like high ritzy area, city, whatever. We couldn't get help to save our lives. And the help we did get, they didn't give a fuck. They're like, fuck, I'm rich. I don't give a shit. You know, it's a bunch of teenagers. They don't give a crap. So again, you just like, well, I can either deal with this goofball or I don't have anybody. So I'll just deal with this goofball and right. that's it. So yeah, uh, and the, my long answer is retail grocery is just fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Now, another reason we wanted to have you on is it's Pride Month, and Dave and I have recently been doing wrestling for a company, and one of the individuals that works for this company, I'm trying to learn pronouns, and it is, Dave can agree, this isn't coming from a hateful place. It's challenging. You were just raised by men that would be like, what the fuck is a pronoun? You want me to call you what? Nah, yep. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you Dave. You were born Dave. I'm gonna call you Dave. And yeah, we're trying to bridge that gap, but it's it's such a new thing and it's so difficult. And we know sure. you have experience with it. So can sure. you tell us a little bit about that and how you've navigated it? Uh, so my middle kid River, uh, who was born um, Isabel, uh, came out to us when they were eight. And they're like, I'm a lesbian. 
I'm like, and I, you know, when you hear that, you're like, well, how does an eight-year-old know that they're lesbians? Like, look, the time I was seven. Oh, oh no. So <laughs> how is so, the beat? Cut okay. him off. So, okay. so oh, All right, did, he's did back. I, uh, yeah, sorry. Got to, by the time you were seven, and then, go ahead. <laughs> by the time I was seven, I knew that I fucking liked black women, okay? So it's like, I knew... I already knew what my. I forgot to introduce you as the black chick thriller. I'm so yeah. mad about that. <laughs> so they come out to us. I'm like, all right. And I said to them, I'm like, look, I don't care. Just all I ask, just get your homework done and don't tell the other kids. I'm like, not because you have anything to be ashamed of, but, you know, kids are dickheads. And unless you're going to beat up every kid that picks on you, you know, I don't need you having to deal with that. And they're like, Okay, so they told everybody, and uh, <laughs> that's what they do. Um, and then I think like last, maybe the year before, they're like, um, uh, "I'm non-binary." And right. I'm like, all right. And they're like, uh, "Want to go by they them?" I'm like, "All right." <laughs> they're like, uh, initially they're like, "I want to be called Norman." I'm like, "All right, Norman." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then they settled on river. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I I don't. I haven't done any research on non-binary. Oh, okay. I, I go by what they uh, river tells me. If they maybe some days they don't feel like girlish. Maybe some days they feel more boyish. I don't know. Um, I just go with what they want because I look at it like we'll we'll be. I'm gonna be skeptical. I'm gonna pretend to be skeptical and say it's just a phase. They just want, they're just trying to find themselves. If that is the case, and a few years from now, they're like, you know what? I'm not non-binary, I'm a girl. I'm like, okay. I want them to know that I was gonna support them no matter what. Right. You know what I mean? Because uh, there's no, it does nobody any good for me to say to them, nah, you're a girl, you're not a non-binary, that's fake liberal BS or whatever. That's not, that's not gonna help them. And all it's gonna do is just like quell my fears of what my kid thinks they are. So it's like, well, I, uh, and I don't care. I'm like, look, if you're a good person, I don't care how you identify. And mm -hmm. it's my kid, so they're going to be at least reasonably decent. Um, so I can't speak to the non-binary community that well. I could just tell you I have a non-binary kid, and I just go with what their wishes are. And I mean, anybody else, there was a uh, somebody I hired at, Mariano's recently. I think she quit already. I think they quit already because I haven't seen them since. Um, they were saying their um, their birth name was like Mary. I don't fucking remember. But they wanted to go by Joe Blow or something. And I'm like, okay, is this your preferred name? And they're like, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, are you you identify as non-binary? Which is, by the way, never fucking do that during an interview. I did it anyways because I don't care. I'm like, you identify as non-binary? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So then I'm like, I, I understand. So it helps because I think as time goes on, we're going to have more people. Oh, yeah. And I think part of it, I think a small part of it, I think a small part of it is people going, oh, fuck, I'm non-binary now. But I think more people are going to be coming out of the woodwork because now it's a little more, not necessarily accepted, but there's a, maybe just a basic understanding that it exists you know what i mean because like when you hear like about like all these people coming out as gay now 
not now, but in the past few years, it's not like they're becoming they're becoming gay because they think it's cool. It's because it's becoming more and more accepted. Right. Which hopefully, and it won't happen in my lifetime, maybe in my kids' kids' lifetime, where if a guy or a gal shows up at a uh, a company outing or whatever, and a guy shows up with another guy, he's like, "Hey, this is my boyfriend." Joe Blow. And they're like, oh, okay, hey, nice to meet you. And that's it. There's right. not a big, hey, I'm gay. Blah, blah, blah. Where there doesn't need to be a Pride Month, even though I am a big supporter. But I wanted to get to the point where it's just part of culture. It's like some people are gay and some people are not. And that's it. And I think we're actually, I think we're closer to that than we think. I think if we just live in a bubble of social media, which is funny coming from me because that's I'm on social media all the time. Um, every Hilarious on seconds. social media. That's why, like, <laughs> if you're seeing the episode we're doing now and you see what he says on social media, you're like, "This is the same guy." <laughs> exactly. This guy said that. This guy watches a lot of Star Wars. What a fucking loser. <laughs> um, but I, I think if we just, if you just look at Facebook, and look at the comments section on a political post. And this isn't going to be a political talk, I promise. Or if you go on Twitter, you would think that all that happens is people on the streets just beat the shit out of each other every time, right. every time there's a disagreement. Um, I was in, again, I was in at FanFest. A lot of the people there differ from me politically, but we got along great. They Just because the, some people just have different beliefs. Nobody was there saying, oh, I see I'm a biracial kid. I don't like black people. I mean, nobody fucking did that, you know, and I'm not saying there's not racism because obviously there is, but I, nobody's going to go out of their way, at least not in my experience, to be assholes about it. Like if they want to go in their, you know, whole, if they want to go in their comfort of their own home and be like racist dickheads, I can't follow people home and see who's an asshole. Right, right. I don't, and sometimes maybe it's, sometimes it's best to be ignorant instead of just fucking monitoring everything somebody's ever said on social media or ever because i've said racist shit that i shouldn't have said i've said a lot of dumb shit it doesn't mean that i'm a douchebagger that i can't change or i can't get better um that's the same thing like with um i'm all over the place that's okay though um like with ultimate warrior i'm not an ultimate warrior fan when i was a kid i when he did his hall of fame speech that was the 100 the best WWE hall of fame speech ever although undertaker is really good too and I hoped in my heart, I'm like, you know, I hope this guy's not still a fucking flaming homophobe. You know what I mean? I hope that he actually like yeah. changed. Yeah. Right. I don't know if he did because he's dead. Right. I can't ask him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you hope that that was sincere though. Right. But anyways, I'm sorry. I went all around the place. But yes, I have oh, an no, it's no problem. <laughs> we're, we're trying to come at this from like a place of understanding because like I, when I worked at the grocery store, one of the young ladies that worked up front came into the meat room one day and was saying like it's fashionable to be trans now or it's popular and i'm like sure that's weird and i think i don't think it's as fashionable or as popular it's just that we're more accepting of it there's other countries and other cultures that don't just have two genders right. and you know i mean i'm sure everybody's grown up with somebody in your family that's like you look at them and you're like you sure you maybe not gay, you know, right. and they're older and it's just, there was never a spot for them yep. I'm, or they I'm, were never I'm, could They never would have been accepted. And now it is. And, you know, we work for somebody who has different pronouns and Dave and I have stumbled many times 
And it's we wanted to kind of find out a little more about it from somebody that's had to learn. You know, I, I maybe not that, that you're deep in the culture, but you've had to make that adjustment. Sure. And uh, what have you yeah. learned about making that adjustment? I mean, the best you can do is like normally if I um, if I'm talking about my kids uh, to somebody else and my kids aren't around, I'm like I have an oldest son. I have a kid that I'm adopting named Bryson. And then I have a daughter who now identifies as non-binary because I don't want to say I have a non-binary kid because they may be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I, I'm not trying to be a douchebag. I don't know how to fucking educate everybody in the world. It's like, you just Google it. I'm not going to tell you what the hell it means. Cause really, I don't really know what it means either. Um, I, I do, but I mean, I don't know like the fucking Webster's definition of it. Um, I, the, the most respectful thing you could do is just, if somebody asks you, Hey, I like to be referred as this, then you do so. And then if you slip up, say, Oh shit, sorry, blah, blah, blah. I, I would be willing to bet nine times out of 10. They're like, Oh, that's okay. You know, I don't think it, I, I mean, unless they're just having a really bad day, I think they're going to be understanding that you're, you know, you are trying your best to net, like you said, navigate through, you know, uh, ever, I mean, the world's changing all the time and you either change with it or you, you know, film videos in your truck complaining about, you know, people taking your guns. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you either got to change with the times or you're left behind. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's like, shit, the world's changing. I mean, there's, I mean, I talk about it at work all the time. I'm like, you know, because like when I grew when I grew up back in the 90s, uh, like our managers would yell at us all the time. They would mm -hmm. like, and we just thought this is like fucking normal behavior. Like right. you swear to, like they didn't beat us up, but that was, they were fucking, they could be brutal. Oh yeah. And it's not like that anymore. So I, in some ways it's changed for the better, but in some ways I don't want to say that that kind of like shaped me into the manager I am. Cause I don't act like that. Like I, I've been yelled at before and I know how it feels to feel this fucking big. So mm -hmm. I try as hard as I can to not make other people feel that way. And plus I'm really like, I, this may come as a surprise. I'm really not very intimidating. So it's like, I couldn't really do it anyways. I occasionally do have to bust out my dad voice, but not that often. It's also people, one of the stores that they, they were uh, sitting on the pallet while they were working it up. They were overnight and they were kind of had their headphones on, hanging out. I didn't, I didn't care, but it, I just had flashbacks. I remember like the, the guy I worked for and I'm like, Oh man, I remember like, <laughs> what the fuck? What you know? Yeah. I'm like, ah oh, shit. Like I that that guy had been around. He pulled that now, though. He'd be like, yo, you gotta get out of here. You need to learn some sensitivity. Get the fuck, you know. The amount of times I heard, yeah. "What the fuck are you doing back here?" or "Do you know what the fuck you're doing?" Oh sure. yeah, yep. On yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. yeah, and that was um, and that was wrong. But it's just. Right. I think some, I think a lot of times, I mean, some managers were just dicks. That's just, at the sure. end of the day, they were just assholes. But a lot of times, I don't necessarily think that that was coming from a bad place. I think that's just how they were. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't excuse it, but I get it. Just having been, I, I, you know, I'm 48 now. I've been doing retail for a long time, as I said. I've got kids. I've had, you know, life experience, as everybody has, not just me. Um, and some people are just not everyone's going to be um, nice, for lack of a better term. But it doesn't necessarily mean because there's some people that like their their default personality is dickhead, but they're not bad people. If that makes sense, sometimes they just they're uh, they're just abrasive or they're jerk offs, but they're not they're they're not nice, but they're good people. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. I've been described as that sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I get it 100%. I think one of the good things about retail, though, like we you know, we talk, one of the good things is sometimes you'll end up being friends with people that you might have a bad interaction with at first. But if like that was like a normal interaction, you maybe have one bad interaction off the street. Like, well, fuck that person. I'm never gonna hang out with them ever again. But sometimes you'll be forced to kind of learn about that. You're like, all right, they're actually pretty cool. Yeah, and especially like as you like work your way up the management ladder and you see like what people deal with. Like, I I was working nights, like not over. I did overnights, but I was closing for so long. I'm like, hey man, can I fucking? I'm tired of closing. Can I please work some days? And I start working days, and you have a complete. And then you, then you really like your mind is just blown with how much shit these guys put up with during the day. And I'm like, okay, now I get it. Because I would come into close. I'm like, what the fuck? How come this isn't done? How come this isn't done? How come this isn't done? Then I start working mornings. I'm like, okay, now I know why this isn't done because you can't <laughs> fucking get anything done because you're constantly having people call you to complain or cry or you know, usually it's with the front end because they're fucking high maintenance. Um, you know, this fucking management is such a pain in the ass because all you're doing is babysitting. That's all it is. Right. Hold yeah. on a second. Hold on just one second. I no promise I'm I, was right about, I was about to compliment him on all the walls being the same color because if you're familiar with him <laughs> on Facebook, they always bust on him about not being able to choose a color of paint in his house. No, we, well, we still can't. Um, I saw uh, it once you moved. I was about to say it, and then I saw the yellow in the yeah. background. I'm nope, like, ah, nope. you got me. I have four different colors here. I have the colors that you saw back there. Um, my wife's like, we need to paint the house. I'm like, you don't even load the dishwasher. You're gonna paint, really? Are you sure about that? So um, I'm like, if you pick a color, I will hire a painter because I'm not fucking doing it. Um, <laughs> my ex-wife and I in our old condo, she wanted to paint like every two or three years because she was like an interior designer. So she would keep on like change stuff up. And I'm like, I'm not fucking helping you again. She's like, okay. And then she started doing it. I'm like, fuck, all right, I'll help you. So so it's like <laughs> I painted so many times. I'm like, I'm never painting again. I hate painting. I hate it. I, I cannot stress to you enough how much I fucking hate painting. A lot. Now we've been all over the place today with this interview. We've taken it to some dark places. We got some wrestling talk in, but yeah. I got, an idea. Up that he's, uh, I got an idea before we head out. I got an idea because we, we do kind of become an annual thing, actually. Why don't we just do this? See where we are from a year. All right. I'm going to hit him with two questions. We can all participate. It doesn't matter. All right. Yeah. Given everything that's been going on, will Vince McMahon still run WWE next year? All right. Are you asking me? Or are you asking Joe? Or are you asking us both? I'm going to ask you. But you, yeah, go ahead. Let's, okay. uh, let's see where we are. Matt, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know because it's so easy. Like my first thought was like, this guy beat the federal government. I'm not going to, this is nothing, but it sounds like it might, it sounds like it's a different time. And he's, he's not that, maybe he's not that Vince anymore. I will say that I have a love hate relationship with Vince McMahon. I, um, I, I, sometimes hate what i see on wwe tv even though i think their rosters fucking awesome like they got great wrestlers but the creative is always kind of like questionable yeah so i i hate that part of it but then i saw vince's interview with pat mcafee and he's all like laid back and just being like a cool Vince. that was the best interview he's done in so long and i'm like that's the fucking vince i remember that's the vince that i like and i think he's still I, i to answer your question, I I don't know, right. um, but I I think that I don't know what plagues the WWF creatively, 
Because mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, it's Vince. Well, maybe it is, but he has like, you know, $68,000 like in his couch cushions. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he doesn't, why does he give a fuck? And, it, it, you know, and that's why when people are getting on Bruce Pitcher, Bruce Pritchard's case of just like, you know, trying to please Vince is like, well, yeah, well, Vince is his boss. Who the fuck else is he going to please? Right. You know, I don't fault him for that. So yeah. I, I think maybe it's, it's time for a change, but if it, it really depends on who they put in that position, it's gotta be somebody because Vince is all about professional wrestling. He calls sports entertainment, whatever, but that's his whole fucking existence. He could, he could make right. a football league or, start movies are going to build a bodybuilding federation i don't give a fuck his roots are in pro wrestling so you would need to find somebody that and it, i'm not saying they need to get somebody that's even a um current booker or anything like they don't have to get Heyman or anything but they need to get somebody that just fucking lives and breathes this shit all the time and is willing to make changes as time goes on because with wrestling it's always 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 fucking changing because if you watch I was just thinking about this the other day. I've been watching a lot of 90, 1996 WWF, which is, I love that shit, right? So the difference between 1996 WWF and 1998 WWF is fucking night and day. Mm-hmm. And that's just two fucking years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you would have to get somebody that's really can kind of like, has their, it sounds, it's so fucking cliche, but it is true that it does have the finger on the pulse of like what the, um, what the audience wants. And sometimes you don't want to give the audience what it wants because sometimes they get it and they don't really want it. Cause I will point to one quick example and then I'll let you uh, keep talking. When, when Daniel Bryan was being pushed towards the world title and everybody and their mother's like, fuck yeah, Daniel Bryan, he's the greatest of all time. I'm so happy. He wins the belt. He has one pay-per-view match. I go on Facebook every day and it was like, Daniel Bryan sucks. I'm like, what? So that's why when Vince kept pushing Roman, which I always liked Roman, even when he was like shoving him down our throats, I thought Roman was fucking awesome. So I've always been on the Roman Reigns train. But that's probably part of the reason why Vince doesn't fucking look at the internet for information because we don't know what the fuck we want. Because we get it, we're like, I don't really, I thought this would be better. And if if he just tried to cater to a bunch of fucking people like us, Mm-hmm. he's not going to be successful or he's not going to, he's not going to feel like you can't make everybody happy. No, you yeah. can't. And you can't be creative. If you just give everybody what they want, that's not creative. That's just give everybody what they want. There's nothing creative about that. Like everyone's like, Hey, make Goldberg champion. Hey, Goldberg's a champion. You haven't fucking done anything. Right. In Vince's mind, he wants, he wants to create stuff that people are going to get behind, not just throw stuff at them that, that they say they want at that time. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, so you would have to get somebody that's willing to, because you do have to, I mean, the internet wrestling community, that's still part of the wrestling community. So you do have to kind of like, obviously you want to listen to them, but you don't want that to be your end all be all. And you have to look at the bottom line. If you're not making money, it doesn't matter who you're fucking pushing. And I mean, they just, what, what kind of deal they did they sign with NBC for like a billion dollars? You know how much yeah. fucking money that is? <laughs> you think Vince gives two squirts of shit about the fucking match quality? Two billion dollars? That's a yeah. lot of fucking money. I bet he doesn't even care about this current like scandal. I bet he's like, I paid the money. I'm done. Right. Fuck. Right. And like right. you said too, like, and I heard another podcast about like he's the kind of guy notoriously, good or bad, whatever you want to perceive it. Like when stuff like this happens from a PR standpoint, he just digs his heels in. We're gonna yeah. wait it out and the yeah. shit will blow over. 
And that's why this guy, one of the reasons why he survived, because he talk about like thick skin, like he don't give a fuck. I I think that like a lot, there. I think there's two sides of Vince McMahon. I think, and I also want you to keep in mind a couple things. I'm not a great judge of character, number one. And number two, I think everybody's a good person. And I know they're not. I think in his heart of hearts, Vince McMahon is a good person. I think sometimes he has to make some really shitty decisions and he has to treat people really shittily. But he's also the boss. I mean, most bosses, I mean, thankfully, my boss is fucking awesome. But a lot of bosses, they're jerks because they have bosses they have to listen to. And they have bosses they have to listen to. It's like they have total fucking autonomy. And now with Vince, he's got fucking shareholders to listen to. He's got to listen to fans. He's got to listen to other wrestlers that have some stroke. Like if John John Cena is a bad example because he's not really active. But maybe John Cena's pressuring him to say like, hey, why are you pushing this guy? What about me? Blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. I know John Cena is a bad example. But there's a lot of masters that Vince has to serve. So sometimes he has to be a dick. Sometimes I have to be a dick to my kids. It's not because I'm an asshole. It's just sometimes I'm having a fucking bad day. Vince has bad days too. Sometimes he has bad months or years. Um, but I think in his heart of hearts, he's a good guy that made a lot of uh, questionable decisions over the years. Whether any of that stuff was legal or, legal or illegal, I, I don't I don't know enough to comment one way or the other Between I, I, Sheets I, is actually doing a very interesting patreon series about the titan gate scandals combining the ring boy the okay. steroid scandals okay. so it's interesting to hear the behind the scenes of some of that it's funny because yeah like if you listen like i don't listen to between the sheets and i i don't i don't dislike uh bix or uh uh chris zellner they're both still the guys doing it right yep okay um i used to be a patreon subscriber and then i'm just like yeah that's because sometimes you got to be like, really into those long episodes to feel. I, I, and I am like the lapse fan episode episodes, episodes that are really, really long. I'll listen to those. Those are because they're so funny. Um, sometimes I don't want to know that much. You know what I mean? It's like, I wish I just, I, I still wish that maybe we just got our information from like the fucking bill after magazines yeah. instead of knowing so much that's going on, which I like. I like that most people are smart to the business, but I think a lot of times um, people that are smart to the business don't know why they're smart. They just know a lot of terminology. I still enjoy I just got it. Pro I, Wrestling I, Illustrated. I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's funny. I signed up for it a year ago. I, and I just too. Them. <laughs> so I'm, I've yeah. had it here. I'm eager to dig into it. I've been busy the last couple of days at work. I'm like, I'm going to put it next to the computer. I'm going to sit down, edit, flip yeah. through a little bit. Do they still so, write in kayfabe? Is it still like? It's half and half. Okay. It's half and half. You almost That's have I, to blur the lines nowadays. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have no choice. Yeah. So I will say this. So I started buying magazines again, like in the last couple of years uh, through various people on Facebook. Sorry, my dogs keep wanting to come in and out because they're <laughs> assholes. And um I bought like Wrestling Eye. Do you guys remember Wrestling Eye from the 80s? No, if I don't know, know if I'm that's familiar okay. with that. Okay, so it's called Wrestling Eye. And George Napolitano was one of the, I think he was a photographer. I don't remember. Um, but a lot of the articles use insider terminology. Yeah. So at the time, and this isn't the fucking 80s. This isn't like the Observer or the Torch. Like this is like a fucking magazine you buy at the grocery store. Um. So at the time, that was really cool because I didn't know what the fuck any of that shit meant. Same thing with, you guys remember WOW Magazine from the 90s, 99, oh, yeah. 2000? Now, WOW Magazine was almost all smart talk. That's all it was. There was no fucking kayfabe shit. So 
I bought a bunch of because I loved WoW magazine back then. So I bought a bunch of WoW magazines. I bought a bunch of wrestling guys, and I'm reading WoW and I'm reading wrestling guy. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like these magazines. So I started buying the old PWIs, and I started reading those. I'm like, okay, this is what I prefer now. So it's like I, I like being like, kind of in the know, but at the same time, I kind of want to just. I want to remember it like I remember it. I like turning so, my brain off sometimes and just absolutely. reading the top 500 yeah. and being like, All "Isn't right, that cool? Who is this? Like, where that, did I yeah. find this?" Yeah, I I love that shit, man. Even to this day, like I I went through a period where I was like super duper smart. I say that I really wasn't very smart, but where I would just literally just and if I told this story last time again, I apologize. Pretend you never heard it. Um, I would pick apart segments just left and right. Like I, it's like Dixie at that time, Dixie Carter and Vince McMahon, neither of them are fucking calling me, asking me for ideas. <laughs> so what the fuck am I doing? So I remember it was, I was reading the torch and this is where a lot of people um, with Meltzer, he does have, he does have an influence on how people think just the same way Bill after did in the old magazines where it was very anti WWF. E and very pro Jim Crocker promotions or WCW. They were all, like at one point they took away world title status from WWF like in the mid eighties or something because Hogan did, or Backlund only defended against Alpha or something shit like it was some really weird. But they did there was a bias, and and Meltzer has a bias too, and not that he does it with malice, but he does have biases. Not necessarily all AEW. There may be biases he has with talent in WWE as well. So my point is. Um, what was my point? Okay, now I remember my point. So I used to read The Torch all the time. And Wade Keller, who is close to me in age, we both grew up on AWA. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, him and I, and we do have like similar likes and dislikes with pro wrestling. There was one segment of TNA. I don't remember what it was. Probably like 2010 or so. And Wade Keller was talking about this segment like it was the worst fucking thing he's ever seen in his life. They was just fucking hot garbage, basically. And I'm like, fuck, that sounds terrible. I better watch it. So I watch it. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> so it was like, after that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this the same way I did when I was fucking 16 years old. Because like I said, no, uh, a buddy of mine actually said that to me. He's like, you know what? No one's asking you for your ideas. I'm like, you know what? You're fucking right. So I'm not going to fucking bother. Because it is fun to like, it is fun to fantasy book. It's a lot of fun. But it's also like, why <laughs> you know right. i would ra- i would rather fantasy book like old old territory stuff than yeah. fantasy book anything's happening today because the business is so much different i mean there's so many you know you, it's easy to just say hey if i were to book wwe i would have fucking goldberg uh get murdered by brock and then have fucking you know vader's ghost come in and kill everybody you know it's easy to just do that but you have to consider there's there's other masters you have to serve there's advertisements there's fucking the little vignettes and bullshit they do like the, the wrestling that I'm used to, even though I still watch it for the most part, um, I'm not used to all these fucking out of the ring segments they do. And they've been doing that since like the Nitro days. Right. And I'm still like, weirds me out. It's like, how do you play GM mode on 2K22? I know how yeah. hard it is to play. <laughs> 2K22 is fucking great, isn't it? I, they really bounce back after I 20. enjoy it so much. Do you play um, Wrestling Empire by any chance? No, what is okay. this? Okay, so it's made by this guy named Matt Dickey, which is hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's the company's called M. Dickey, 
and it's I think you can get it like free. Like it's there's one called like Wrestling Revolution and Booking Revolution. And now oh, is wrestling. this an app on the iPhone or it's on, on it's phone. on your phone, right? I I got it on the Switch because I don't like playing on my phone. So I got Wrestling Empire on the Switch, and um, it's available on the Switch. I am writing fun. this down. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, okay. So it's basically if you first of all, if you think you're gonna get wowed by graphics, you're you're just not. It's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like Nintendo sixty four ish graphically. Um, the grapple system is nothing like No Mercy, so don't get excited. Um, but it's a fucking hell of a lot of fun. So it's kind of like take an old school game and combine it with fire pro wrestling and mix it up a little bit. And then you have wrestling empire and uh, I fucking love it. They have a character on there that looks just like Tony Khan and his name is money. Mark. I did not name him that. That's what his name is. (laughs) It's fuck. It's so much fun. And I, it ain't expensive. I don't think. Um, Yeah. Wrestling video game. If we ever do another show, we just saw the wrestling video games because there's so many that are so fucking good. We are going to have you on for another special episode, but being as it's Father's Day and you just found out, Dave came upon five kids within yeah, the congratulations. last Congratulations. Congratulations. Five children. One of these. What kind of advice can you give him as a father or as somebody stepping into that fatherly role? And we'll go out on that. Uh, let me ask this. And uh, if I'm going too far, That's then, fine. Uh, please tell me that I am. And I'll continue to ask anyways. Uh, is, the, is their kid's dad, is he still around? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so okay, and he's fine. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's fine with me. There, he's in a uh, he's in a spot where basically, um, come on, put some it, dirt on his name. <laughs> it's amicable. It's amicable to put. Like, it's been a long time now, so everybody all settled in, right? And um, yeah, I'm sure. You know, he's probably like as happy to see me as he is probably like his dentist or something. You know, sure, of course. Well, that, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you want to see dentist. Right. No. <laughs> but uh you know, uh he's still the picture. Hey, I'll just give, I'll give you a little background. Occasionally, yeah. uh though uh the younger ones, especially there's two 15-year-old girls, they're twins. Mm-hmm. Uh 10-year-old okay. boy, eight-year-old boy with ADHD, and yeah. there's a five-year-old boy. And okay. uh, basically the younger two will mess up and call me dad once in a while. Okay. I don't encourage it, encourage it. I kind of just go with the flow. Yeah. And kind of talk with you. I just take an approach of just being nice to them. And uh, yes. really the toughest part um, is just basically, um, as I explained to her one time, we're on a car ride. We're going to, to this uh, old uh, village place out here called Sturbridge Village. It's like, you know, they have like, uh, yeah, colonial times. That's good for the kids and the story. And so anyway, getting dressed up and they start, you know, they're, they're they're having difficulty with a long car ride. Just imagine a lot of younger people in this generation where you're used to not having to do anything for a long time could be. Right. right, Get right. It? Yeah. But like she sees, like I'll start to speed up once in a while. And like she's she's good. And like I'm not doing it like because I want to, I'm not gonna outwardly do anything, but she's picking up on my little kicks that I'm trying to like hold back, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, Why? Oh, why is that? And I was like, Well, here's the thing. I was like, you have to understand. And to bring this back to retail a little bit. I said, I know, and I'm learning that they're young, they're developing, and they can't help a lot of like the complaining and the whininess and some of this stuff. They can't help that. They're developing. I get that. I said, right. but you have to understand, from my world, when I bought this uh, bread root five years ago, one of the reasons why I did this was I wanted to get away from the day-to-day whininess of a lot of people. Right. Sure. I said, this is an adjustment period for me. And she yeah. understands it. But anyway, that's kind of where I'm at now. Okay. So the best advice I can give 
I don't know how much time you spend with the kids. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of like half, half. Yeah. The kids, okay. Uh, best advice I can give. It sounds to me like the father is at least holding up his end of the bargain if he's with the kids half the time. So that's a good thing. Um, if you're just being present is 95% of the fucking issue. Yeah. If you're there, then you're already off to a great start. Um, there's a five-year-old and an eight-year-old you said, yeah, the 15 year olds, there's nothing you could do. They no. already hate you. They already hate you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they, they just, cause that's my, my son's 15 and, uh, he, he tolerates me. They, they grow out of that. And maybe some kids aren't like that, but I know my teenagers. So With the girls, I'll say it's very hit or miss. Like, there are yeah. days, like, oh, yeah, all right. And there's some days, like, they just want to be left alone. And I've learned, yeah. luckily, I've had enough experience with women in general that I'm like, Okay, not now. Go over here. <laughs> when they, yeah, when they want to be left alone, they just leave them alone. There's no yeah. reason to fucking like invade their privacy or whatever. Who um, wants that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, you don't know what you're gonna fucking turn up. So it's like you know, I'd rather just stand. Yeah. But yeah, no. Is if you're present, then you're already off to a good start. Um, I don't know how much they if they come to you with problems or whatever. Um, you know, just it, it's hard to say because my kids, especially now, because they're a little bit older. They never, they don't come to me anymore. They go to their mother, right. and I'm like, well, and I told River because they were, they went to Shannon about something. I can't remember what it was. I it was something that I wish they would have come to me. And I said to them, I'm like, you could, you could talk to me too. I'm like, I'm not saying you need to talk to me about like, you know, sex or anything. I go, if you you can if you want. I'm like, but I I want you to know I I'm here too. You know, I I recognize that I'm usually on Facebook posting something stupid, laughing at myself, but I, I'm, you guys are more important than that. And they're like, okay. And they still don't come to me for anything. <laughs> um, but if you let them know that you're available and you're there, um, that, that's better than not saying anything. And again, just being right. present and being around is a good start. Cause there's a lot of dads out, out there, unfortunately, and moms too, but dads tend to get the, um, are more notoriously known as being uh, deadbeats than uh, mothers because I hear about a lot more deadbeat dads than I hear deadbeat moms. So, and it's sad too because it's like being dad, it's great. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never been like, oh, fuck, this sucks. It's awesome. I've never, I, yeah, I, I, I will it, say, it's like, because, you know, we talked about that one side of like, you know, the complaining and the way. The other side is, honestly, not to get too sappy here, but yeah, there's a feeling of like, um, like it I go Father's Day, so yeah, I get free to delve into it. I do. I feel like I'm in a family, and like I don't yeah. mean like you know, like like you know, I, obviously I grew up, you know, with brother and sister, but they were much older than me too, 10, 15 years apart. But um, goddamn, but yeah. but uh, like this is like there's times I'm like, man, like I feel complete with these guys, and there's times when I'll leave and I'll be busy doing stuff between the piss and everything, and maybe she's working, so we'll have a couple days sometimes, not often, but maybe a bit. Yeah. And I won't even realize I'm in a funk sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. ah, shit. Like, I really need to be around these guys. <laughs> yep. You know? So, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Being a father is great. I, we, my wife and I, we went to this um, this hotel this a couple years ago. It's called the Sybaris. It's where um, couples go in them. Sex. Um, but it's just for, uh, but it's it's strictly for that. Like, they got, like, toys and stuff, which we didn't use. I just wanted to see if the TV worked. And um, it's got, like, we got, like, the biggest room. And it has, like, this big fucking pool. And we get there. I'm like, "Fuck! Why do we bring the kids?" And Shannon's like, "You don't bring the kids to the <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay." 
Uh, <laughs> like I said, being a, I, I've never, ever, ever, reg- at no point have I ever been like, oh, fuck, what a pain in the ass this is being a dad. I've always, always liked it. And that doesn't make me like fucking special. I'm sure every father, I'd like to think every father feels that way. It's it's an awesome feeling, man. Just spending time with your kids and just doing shit, taking them to see wrestling. Like my kids don't give a fuck. They just want to get out of the house. But yeah. when I took them to meet like Jushin Liger, like in 2018, I said to them, I go, I know, I know you don't give a shit about this stuff. I know you don't care. I go, but this is, it's Jushin Liger is not fucking hang out in Chicago just to fucking dilly dally. Like this is probably the last time, and I think it is the last time we're ever going to get a chance to actually meet this guy. And they were just like, great. We don't really give a shit, but whatever. Same thing. We met Road Warrior Animal. I'm like, but and, and then he died. You know, a few years later. I'm like, fuck, man. I mean, I met Road Warrior. I met Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. I mean, just having those moments with them, even if they don't care, or they don't give a shit. Maybe that. Maybe someday they'll end up watching wrestling, and they're like, oh man, fuck. I met Kevin Nash. He was really nice. You know. Now, I wanted to go out on that advice, but I have another question popped up. Now that you're getting to do the parenting thing again with Bryson, is there anything that's easier this time? Is there anything you've kind of learned in the meantime you can apply now? Uh, I have learned. So when he first came to see, I was talking about Art Anderson having long answers and (laughs) 10 times worse. Um, So when he first came to stay with us, I was not um, really a good, uh, fatherly figure. And it's not because I, I wasn't mean to him. I didn't mistreat him. I didn't do anything like that. Um, it just felt kind of like, um, not a burden because I'm the one that said he should come stay with us. So it wasn't a burden, but it took me some getting used to because I hadn't like a had a one, right. I hadn't had a one-year-old in at that point, 12 fucking years or whatever the fuck it was. So it had been a while. However, it doesn't matter. It was a long fucking time. So I last had a one-year-old. Um, I didn't start to feel like, okay, this is my kid until he was at school one day and one of the other kids bit him. And I'm like, what do you mean you fucking bit my kid? I'm going to go beat up a two-year-old or something. Um, <laughs> You're about but, to oh, big Alan now. I'm going to kick your ass, kid. Um, the only thing I've learned is just, you know, he's he's not he's not my birth kid uh biological kid so he's not gonna act like the first two kids so i find myself saying to myself well he's not acting anything like river i'm like oh yeah he wouldn't because why would he um but he's wonderful he's absolutely perfect he is a perfect kid i enjoy every moment i spend with him i was supposed to take him to school on wednesday and we're like sitting in the backyard and we're just sitting there doing nothing. And he's probably watching Blippy on his iPad or something. And I'm like, I'm going to call you in sick. We're just going to stay home and hang out together. So I called him in. And then he got sick later in the day. I'm like, oh, of course. <laughs> so it's a good <laughs> thing I called him in. Um, but he is fantastic. He doesn't like wrestling. He doesn't like Star Wars. He doesn't like anything I like. Uh, <laughs> but 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 that's okay. Like I said, the kids didn't like any of the stuff I like either. Um, I like that you got him in Motorhead and Black Sabbath shirts, though. Yeah, it, when I when he was first, um, shortly after he was born, I ordered the Motorhead shirts for him. Um, I could tell the story now. I'll make it quick. So, my, um, I think I can tell this. So my Bryson is my wife's cousin's son. Did I tell you the guys this last year or no? You didn't. We didn't go into it because I okay. didn't know what you'd be comfortable okay. with sharing. Okay. Okay. Well, we're. Right now we're in the process of adopting them, so I think we could I think we could talk about it. I think. 
Maybe we shouldn't. We'll talk another time. Uh, next time we talk about <laughs> next year. Um, exactly. But he is a blood relative. He's just not my blood relative. But he is, um, like I said, he is absolutely wonderful. I love every moment I spend with him. I took him to daycare today because I planned on having a fucking trampoline when he got home. But that's not going to happen now. So I'll have to buy a spice cream or something. Um, but he's I know. Great. Now you're going to have to top what the trampoline would, would <laughs> exactly. have been as a surprise. Exactly. I bought you an Xbox. You know, like, um, he's a. Uh, He's fantastic. He's smart. He's like being in daycare helps because he's just like picking up all these words all the time. Like we were sitting on the backyard the other day and he like looks at my wife. He's like, mommy, can you play with me? I'm like, oh God, this kid is going to fucking tear my heart out. He likes his mother, uh, my wife, more than he likes me Um, because I went to wake him up this morning and my wife was already at work and he must sense my presence because I'm coming up the stairs and he's like, oh, I want mommy. And I open the door. I'm like, mommy's at work. He's like, oh, I want mommy, not you, daddy. I'm like, all right, well, you got me anyways, kid. I don't know what to tell you. So, but he's great. I, I love him. He's fantastic. He's perfect and he's wonderful. And if anybody has the uh, pleasure of being able to adopt a child, uh, please do so and be uh, thankful because um, it's a, uh, it's great. And we're not, he's not adopted yet, but we're, uh, we're in the process now. So we'll, and Next it's great time we that talk, you're stepping up to do done. that because so many oh, kids yeah. grow up without fathers and, sure. you know, it's, I don't know, like, it's an important part of life. I, 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 um, I believe the children are our future. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're taking the, uh, the out there takes on this one. You're going bold. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I, 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 I don't want to say I love kids because I normally like hate kids besides mm-hmm. mine, but I, I like kids because they're, they're kids. I, what the fuck? I mean, they're, they're just little kids. If they're assholes, it's not because it's because their parents are probably douchebags. It's not their fault. You know, kids are like the same thing with, I don't know. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says he loves kids. He's not talking in the Jerry Lawler way or the Grizzly Smith. So don't, right, yeah, yeah, don't turn point. this around on Zaha. He's a good guy. Thank you for pointing that out because I don't need people showing up at my house. <laughs> we heard you on the Working Fans podcast, so you love kids, huh? <laughs> <laughs> One, I'm almost guaranteeing nobody's ever going to say we've heard you on the Working Fans podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, when you say something like that, you can people can misconstrue it, and it's like, uh, watch out. You well, recently actually had to give out a warning on social media about this, about please don't friend my kid. And it's... <laughs> Yeah, well, because, and I don't know why they would have sent them a friend request, because they're 13. And I don't think that the, I know a couple of people that, because I asked River, I'm like, have you gotten any friend requests? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, what are their names? And they're like, people that I'm friends with. And I'm like, okay, that's a no, 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 no. And then they named a couple other people. Like, okay, they're family members, that's fine. Um. The kid's 13 fucking years old. I guarantee you have nothing in common with them. I guarantee you. You don't need to be their friends. And really, they don't post anything anyways. Um, what, what, why? What, what, what are you, you going to talk about? You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, Isn't that I'm the trying... weird thing about Facebook is sometimes people yeah. pop up and you're like, oh, I'll throw them a friend request. What the fuck? And it's like, yeah. why though? Yeah, right. And, by, and, and it depends. Like if you have some sort of 
It's, it's probably like because they see age. you on Facebook and they're like, oh, yeah. oh Zaha's so accommodating. Like, his whole family's got to be a barrel of laughs. Oh, my, my wife's like, who the fuck was such and such? I'm like, oh, it's a friend of mine. They're like, she's like, why are they sending me a friend request? I'm like, they're cool. You can approve I've, it. And then, I've done it. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, they're cool. They, not you to your kid, to your wife. Did <laughs> she not approve it? No, she approved it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm like, no, they're cool. And then if it's somebody that's kind of like, you know, maybe not really in line with, me politically i'll be like listen i'm gonna tell you uh, i like them but i just want you to know that uh you know blah blah blah. it's just, gonna get like, a little crazy that. yeah you might not want to approve that so um like i said I, I i i don't think anybody sends river a friend request with malicious intent but i also don't know why they would want to fucking talk to a 13 year old because <laughs> i have a 13 year old and i don't want to talk to him <laughs> so and they don't want to talk to me i mean my, my kids don't want to fucking talk to me about anything so yeah, that, that was the only, I'm like, and I wasn't even like mad. I was just like, come on, use some fucking comedy. Well, and it sounded like a fatherly thing, like kind of like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I understand yeah. that it's not out of a bad place, but think about yeah, it. I don't, I don't think so either, but but I don't know, you know, but I, and I don't really want to find out. So I figured, <laughs> and that's why I told them, I'm like, just, I'm like, even use Facebook. They're like, no, I'm like, All right, well, still, if you get friend requests or messages, you tell me who it is and I'll tell you yay or nay more yeah. likely is going to be no but if it's like an aunt or an uncle or something yeah they're fine you well know. chris i hate to cut this short but my dog my brother's dog is over here bothering me i think he's got to go out but thank you for joining us for father's day we will have you thank you back on again next year for father's day if you'd like and yeah, we'll get you sure. again in a couple months for a video game special because yeah we could do um yeah we could do a video game uh one and maybe we could like do it in like increments like we could do like 8 bit 16 bit or, uh the playstation era ps2 PS, whatever whatever you guys want to do or if you want to i love that idea because you're so into video games that yeah. god i feel like you would buy a sega saturn or a sega <laughs> cd just to <laughs> test it out and give the review so real quick i'm going to tell a quick story i promise i know you got to let your dog out so i just so i have a game boy advance sp and i just bought a um a multi-cart and it has like 150 Nintendo games on it. I put it in. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. I play it for like three minutes. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It's like, <laughs> I, I, it's like there, I, I'm like, I now see there's a reason why video games got better over time. It's hard to go back and play fucking, you know, Blades of Steel or whatever. Even though that game was amazing back in the day. Um, and plus, I think the screen on the Game Boy is too small for my uh, 48-year-old eyes now. But that's my video game story. Makes sense. Well, happy Father's Day, Chris. Thank you <laughs> Thank for joining you. us, and we will talk to you again later. I'm in. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.